0: Market the stocks. This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is never ever in correction territory. I'm Scott Phillips, and with me, as always, is Anirban Mahanti. G'day, doc. Good
2: day, captain. How are you?
1: I'm exceptionally well, mate. Despite the volatility yesterday, was a tough old day on the market. Today might just be better. We're recording this before the market opens, so we'll find out, mate. We are going to talk a little bit about that today. We're also going to talk about one of the most painful drops of yesterday. Mm-hmm. A three-letter company starting with A. We'll leave that to uh, just leave that hanging there. Let listeners <laughs> guess, and we'll uh, we'll come with that later. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about some tech giant machinations in the US. Uh, Alphabet and Amazon. Uh, Alphabet is Google, of course. Both reporting overnight, and you know we know that our market is very much led, particularly the tech stocks, by what those guys do. So we'll have a little bit of a look at that. And we'll finish off by talking about some market volatility and dipping into, as we love to do, the Foolish Investing Mailbag. All right, mate, let's get on with it. So the ASX is in official correction territory. The AFR tells me this morning.
2: You have to describe what a correction is. Right? I'm like,
1: yeah, I have to describe. Our listeners know what I think about. You you describe what a correction is, then I'll have my okay. little rant, my uh, little mini okay. rant. Okay.
2: So correction, by definition, the definition is that if uh, you look at the most recent or the recent high the market has hit, if you are going 10% or below that recent high, mm-hmm. uh, then it's a correction. If it's 9.9%, it's not a correction. Says who? Well, says they. Who's who's they? They. They. Pe- people on television. Those people. Those people.
1: Those people. The market, right? <laughs>
2: those people. The market people. <sighs> oh, Mate,
1: <my eye. laughs> I, I I, hate the term correction. You never correct up. We only have a correct down, which to me is bizarre when you think the market goes up more than it goes down, yet a correction is down. Cries me bananas, and the fact, as you said, that at nine point nine percent everything's fine. Mm-hmm. At ten point zero 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 one percent, officially, it's a correction. It's very bad. <sighs>
2: it, 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 it's the t- god. It's I
1: hate it. It's yeah, just stupid, so right?
2: People, the number ten is a nice number. That's right? a nice whole round number. Why don't you like number ten?
1: It must mean something. Then I must. I must have to do something different at ten point zero percent than I did at nine point nine percent. Maybe I have to. I don't know. What, what am I supposed to do with that information? And Not only is it useless, it's just there's no,
2: there's nothing indicative of, about that number, is there? No, it can go down minus, to minus 20%. Or, or back cut, up to plus 10, right? Plus 10, yeah. But still a nice round number. That's what it is. It's a nice, beautiful round Mate, number. if 10. I got
1: paid in numbers, I'd be more than happy. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter to me and my investments whether we're down 9.9 or 10.1. Drives me a bit i Anyway. Take, yeah, anyway. I'll,
2: I'll take $10 more. I mean, you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if you've got to do around numbers, I'll put some extra zeros on that. Don't worry about that. We'll ask the boss for some more cash. <laughs> Mate, um, so, the, yeah, so, look, we are, uh, we are probably the only two people, although I did note that um, one, of my, one of my Twitter followers and someone I follow on Twitter, Greg McKenna, is also sharing my disgust with the concept. Uh, the rest of the market, though, seems to not feel as we do and, and are embracing the, the term, and, and it's all over the headlines. billion wiped off the ASX in October. The market's down 8.8% as of last night, just for the month, and we're still going. What's going on out there? What, what What are we to
2: think? I just love the wiped out fact. I just love it. It's like, you know, who wiped out? you know, I say, I take a cloth and wipe it out or what? Uh, I mean, what, what does wiped out really mean? It just basically means that, you know, your portfolio value has, is down. Or if you had bought the market, it's down. But, you know, if you have not sold anything, nothing has happened. $163
1: billion wiped off the market. All right, yeah, okay. So let, let's let's go past that. The market is down, the best mm. part of 9% of the last 25-odd days. So I call mm. it 20-ish trading days. Why is the market down? Man? What, what are we to make of the October
2: malaise? Mm. Well, can I start by saying the market occasionally goes down. (laughs) That's what the markets do. The markets, you know, they go up sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes they go down. On average, they go up more, uh, which is why we invest in the market, because the market on average goes up more. Uh, And, you know, it has just decided that it hasn't been down for a while. So, you know, it's like having the flu. You get the flu once in a while. You know, why'd you get the flu? Because, you know, you get the flu. (laughs)
1: Okay, but if I have a let's say of our listeners out there have been saving and investing for a little while, they're probably you know they've they they've been around the block a couple of times. Mm. Let's say they have got a half million dollar portfolio. Mm-hmm. Over the course of October, they lost the value of a brand spanking new car.
2: Mm-hmm. That's got to feel pretty crappy, right? It, it does. So I mean, it, it would feel crappy, but you know, I, I the analogy. I was at dinner yesterday, and the the thing I told people is that okay, people complain when the um. Uh, the stock market goes down by, say, 5%, 6%, 10%, because, you know, we have a live auction market where every day you know the price. Nobody knows the price of the housing market, so therefore Mm. nobody really complains about the housing market, right? It's You know what you see. So, I mean, I think some perspective is important. I mean, the market has been, you know, going up Mm. for a while, and Mm. it's gone down a bit. I mean, um, yeah, I really, I mean, you know, you could make up all sorts of reasons, you know, (laughs) that earnings growth are not keeping up with... uh, uh, Which are the multiples people are paying? Maybe the valuations were a bit rich, and therefore, you know, there has been a pullback. Um, uh, People are worried about, um, you know, things like the trade wars that are going on that can have global implications. Uh, People are worried about uh, increasing interest rates. So there's a lot of things that people worry about. And occasionally, when a lot of people start worrying about stuff, um, you know, as they say, people take uh, profits off, uh, you know, they take profits Mm -hmm. off the table, and the market kind of goes down
1: all true so are we to so there's plenty of headlines in the paper saying this mm. might be the beginning of something worse what are you thinking about when you're looking at the market right now are you, are you worried we've got further falls to come is this a temporary blip were we too expensive now we're kind of fair value were we fair value now we're cheap how, how are you thinking about the market so right now?
2: Uh, i mean okay predicting what the market is going to do next in the short term is very hard mm-hmm. that said I mean the um, economy here in Australia is strong. we have some issues housing and and so on and so forth but I mean the market is uh, the economy is strong you know unemployment is low, GDP growth is good. Um, globally, the economy seems to be doing good. I mean, the interest rates are going up in the U.S. because the market is really strong there. And uh, unemployment is really low. And they're just worried that, you know, the economy might overheat. So they're increasing interest rates to take it to what they call normalization, You know, normalizing mm. the interest rates. So, uh, I just don't see anything. I mean, the trade war is a bit of a concern. And I think, you know, those sort of things mm. can easily go out of hand. And it's the trade war between two of the largest economies in the world. So, that's not really nice. Um, but aside from that, I mean, you know, we're making progress. Progress is happening. Um, you know, people are talking about going to Mars, mm-hmm. Um you know, there are faster, better planes. Planes are flying longer distances. People are traveling the world. Indeed. Uh, you know, good things are happening. I mean, you are know, 10 years ago, you didn't have the smartphone today. You, and everybody has a smartphone. Great things are happening. So I just don't see... Um, uh, yeah, I think the human race continues making progress. And, uh, you know, by investing in the stock market, we get to participate in that progress. Yep. It's the best way to participate in that progress, in my, in my view. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Yeah, you know, to me, a a pullback is a buying opportunity. Um, Yeah, I've got some things over the last couple of weeks. And... um yeah, I think you know if some if people have some cash on the sidelines, it, it is not nice to look at the number going down, and it feels painful, and it, it kind of hurts, it and really you know, it really does. You uh, get the bad moods. you know. You know, it's like you know. I'm not. I'm saying all these things. It's not that I'm immune to it. It's you know, and I don't like looking at it. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> none of us do. None of us none do. Of us do. <laughs> but but I mean, you take a, you know, if you don't need the money now and you don't need it for the next you know three to five years, then mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't. This is nothing. It doesn't really matter. And, uh, you know, you should really need to look out three to five years. That's, that's what I try to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, ask me when it's gone down another 10%, and I might have a different view. <laughs> 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 so, but uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, you just need to look, think forward, and, you know, these things happen.
1: At one point, we'll discuss dollar cost averaging, but one of the things I try and comfort myself and our listeners and members and readers with is that if you're going to commit a certain dollar value to the market every fortnight or month or quarter mm-hmm. or six months, As long as you're investing regularly, the market kind of takes care of to some degree, it's a little bit like, for those who those who remember economics or commerce at school, remember the automatic stabilizers—the whole idea that you know when when more people are out of work, then then welfare goes up, which puts money into the economy. When more people are working, more tax goes up, which takes money out of the economy. That automatic stabilizers idea that it kind of retards growth and then supports weakness. Um, to some degree, I kind of feel like that with investing and with dollar cost averaging. If you're going to put, let's let's pick numbers, right? Let's say a thousand bucks a month, hmm. for sake of the exercise. When the market's really really high, you get fewer shares. When the market's really, really low, you get many, many more shares. And over time, that actually helps you because it means you're putting more, you're getting a larger exposure to those companies you're buying when the prices are cheaper mm-hmm. and a slightly lower exposure, at least on a share count perspective, when the share prices are higher. If you're investing regularly over time, and as you say, mate, because the investment, because the market goes up over time on average um, and goes up quite strongly over time on average, mm-hmm. um, investing regularly despite the market and trying to tune out the noise, trying to tune out the volatility,
0: it's a pretty good idea, I reckon. I like it. Motley Fool Money. <laughs> Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, what I can't help
1: Mm. today with is those poor bloody shareholders of AMP.
2: Oh, I feel bad for them.
1: The shares fell 24% yesterday, Mm. and that would be a lot in anyone's language, and it is. Unfortunately for AMP shareholders, they're kind of used to the share price falling. This has been an absolute disaster <laughs> yeah. of a story. The shares closed on Thursday night. So again, we're recording this Friday morning. Thursday night at $2.50. Only three and a half years ago, that was $6.80. Oh. And it's been a tale of absolute woe ever since then. In fact, if we go back, I've just pull up a chart here. If we go back to 2007-2007, so, we're talking just on 10 years ago. The shares were at $10.24 is the number I found here. Mm. 10 63 in April it was. So, there you go. Just over 11 and a half years ago, shares at $10.63. Now at $2.50, a 15-year low mm. on the poor old AMP share price. Buying opportunity? Ah, uh, No. <laughs> That's <laughs> a bit disappointing. Yeah, well, uh, so what would you say, we can't give individual advice, but what would you say to shareholders of AMP right now? Do they wait for the recovery? Do they sell their shares? Do they bunker down? Do they buy more? What do you do?
2: So, okay, I'll, I'll start with a caveat. that The first thing is that I haven't looked at AMP that closely. Uh, and largely, I have not looked at it closely because, you know, as a business, it, it looks like lots of things going wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's been hauled in front of the, you know, the Royal Commission oh, for all what? sorts of things. Yeah. Um, as a, as a, it's an old school type of business. It's mm-hmm. got you know life insurance. It's got wealth management, and it's got all these things that are intertwined with each other in sort of the, mm-hmm. uh, the, in the financial advice industry. One of the things that the Royal Commission is looking at is you know is the, that is that sort of advice where it's coming from an intertwined um, you know products and uh, inter- and therefore that you know there are these. Uh, um, I wouldn't call them kickbacks, but you know the commissions that people get because you know you were able to sell this product and therefore you were able to that sell that product. Um, those sort of things have uh, are going to hurt AMP. AMP, I believe, has has decided to part with its uh, life insurance uh, life insurance business. That's yep. going to add some cash back to their um, uh, to the balance sheet, but. The other big news was that it's losing billions of dollars of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, fund management flow <laughs> <laughs> from its platforms uh, because uh, you know the, uh, the the big thing in the in the platform uh, when I say platform, essentially, I mean these um, um, super fund money and you know uh, other sort of you know managed funds that are going into these platforms. Yep, yep. Uh, so the, the independent platforms are basically re- leading that revolution. You know they're independent; they're not tied to any big bank or you know AMP. And uh, more money is flowing into them than. And mm-hmm. AMP uh, and the others. So uh, and and you just when you you know they have inflows and these guys have outflows and AMP is is very badly hit because of the noise that has you know come through the royal commission and yep. so on. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the P is. I don't know what you know. So when I say P, I don't know what the valuation. I mean the valuation is, mm-hmm. and I don't <clears throat> I don't know that what the actual balance sheet situation is, but. Everything that is happening to them right now seems to be bad news, yeah. right? And it's very difficult to arrest these, um, uh, this flow, outflow of funds, you know, that are other, what do you do, you know, hey? it's just, you actually have got, you know, the com- competition is better, yeah. smarter, faster, leaner, uh, more agile. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, without knowing much of the details, I personally would feel I'd be worried. I, mm. I mean, in extreme opportunities, we have recommended independent platforms. So mm-hmm. you know, where my thinking is that independent platforms is what's going to grow, um, Interesting. but uh, and not the platforms that are you know uh, the old school platforms from the bank and the insurance industry. So that, that's what I feel. So you know, I, my money would not be on on AMP, but would be you know, on the others. Um, Interesting. Uh, yeah,
1: mate. I I was asked by one of our team. I can't remember what's my Andrew Leggett, but you might remind me if uh, if it was someone else. They said, would you rather be the CEO of Maya or AMP? <laughs>
2: and,
1: and, and so if, inherent in the question, by the way, is these are two very structurally challenged, difficult, um, very, you know, tough businesses. Maybe you wouldn't miss you wouldn't the CEO's job on, on, on your worst enemy, though you'd probably take the pay packet. And, and I have to say it was a really easy decision for me to answer that. As much as given the binary choice, right, the, the option C is neither. Thank you very much, mm. unless I get the money. Um, but, but given taking that off the table and make, forced to choose, it's very, very simple. I'm I'm going to I'm going to be the CEO of Maya every single time mm. because Maya has some really structural challenges, but a very strong brand platform. I can see a way mm. you could revitalise Maya. I don't think you're necessarily going to make ma- more money for shells from Maya from this point forward. By the way, I think they're both mm-hmm. in some degree of structural decline and, and challenge. But I think you can, as much as usually a term that's used for derisively, I think you can shrink Maya to greatness. I think there is yeah. a, there is a role. If you say to me, how do you take AMPs? Consolidated, intertwined business of financial planning, funds management, life insurance, and try and twist that and remold it in a way that, mm. in a, a raw commission world where mm. they're trying to break down that nexus between financial planning and funds management, this this, this was B- A.M.P.'s entire business model, right? The, the back, back in you know in, in our parents' uh, prime days, um, A.M.P. was the preeminent. I think I've said this before. The preeminent. National financial services company. So there was Commonwealth Bank, which was always national because it was a government-owned bank. Mm -hmm. Whole lots of state banks, State Bank of almost every state. Westpac was around as the Bank of New South Wales. National Australia Bank was kind of there. ANZ, but but AMP was the brand. It was the financial services brand. People people sought out the AMP life insurance salesman, the AMP financial planner, and that was unfortunately the beginning of these banks and financial institutions take us for something of a ride when it comes to scraping fees and, and charges and, and horrible amounts of money out of us all because we're too kind of unaware or lazy or simply unprepared to, to have a fight. The Royal Commission is having that fight for us and AMP's very business model is now at risk. They've got underperforming funds. Mm-hmm. They've got conflicted financial planning or a- allegedly conflicted, maybe I should say, or at least challenged financial mm-hmm. planning. I-, I, don't, I don't know how I fix that business. I think you've got to force them apart somehow but to do that you've got to believe there's a business model for MPs. and independent financial planners independent people. Mm-hmm. You've got to believe their funds can somehow make some money and deliver market-beating gains. Mm-hmm. It's a lot has to go right. Now maybe one of our one of our US colleagues Bill Barker likes to say that the, the job you want is that you want an easy act to follow. It's probably not hard to to follow the AMP's (laughs) kind of, you know, last four or five CEOs Mm. and the position that it's in. And and maybe just maybe it's cheap enough and and broken enough that maybe you can go in and fix it just by dint of it being so bad. Mm. But, gee, it's a tough ask. I don't know how you do it. Tough.
0: Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M
1: from the sublime to the ridiculous or maybe from the ridiculous to the sublime mate let's check in very quickly on the US tech stocks now by way of structure we've all heard about the fangs mm-hmm. this is facebook amazon netflix and google mm-hmm. f a n g sometimes apple is added there with a second a um, called fangs or something i just don't know
2: how people would create an acronym and miss out on the you know the biggest the best company in the world but anyways that's them it's just like the collection. here we go um,
1: so the, the the idea of the, the the fangs kind of being they were the powerhouse of the US market for Many years to the point now where they are, as you said, Apple is the biggest company in the U.S. Amazon, I want to say, is number two. Is Probably right, number
2: two or maybe now Microsoft is number two. Who knows? Right, but if you
1: think about sort of the, you know, the the, the U.S. market of 20 years ago was dominated by General Electric, Exxon Mobil, the, the fuel company, mm. um, plenty of others whose names escape me. AT and T, the old, mm-hmm. the old, um, the old telco back in the in the telco glory days. There was plenty of big industrial ish kind of U.S. Mm. companies that were, you know, Caterpillar, um, that were driving the U.S. market. Fast forward a couple of decades, not only are the the FANGs the hot stocks, the fastest-growing stocks, they're also now the biggest stocks. So not only do FANGs impact on our tech sector by kind of reputational uh, damage or or, or otherwise, um, they also, frankly, drive the U.S. market, which means that our entire ASX is impacted by where the U.S. market goes, which Mm -hmm. is impacted, as I said, by where the FANGs go. So this gets pretty important on a couple of different levels. We want to talk about a couple of companies that I reported again overnight, just briefly. Mm-hmm. The two A's, mm-hmm. Am- Alphabet, which is Google, mm-hmm. and Amazon. They both reported earnings. Those numbers were pretty stellar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the market wasn't particularly or completely in love with what came out. Just give us a very quick rundown on what's going on there, what the share price responses were, and what it means for Australia's tech sector in particular, and our market in general.
2: Mm. So, so, I mean, quickly, So, I think um, uh, Alphabet, which is Google, as you said, reported um, earnings increase of 30%. I don't know how anybody would call that bad. <laughs> so uh, that's a 30% increase. I think there's some, you know, uh, that just for the heck of uh, mm-hmm. having concerns, they, they, their traffic acquisition cost, it looks like, which is essentially the, the cost to bring eyeballs mm-hmm. to um, their search mm-hmm. sites, basically, mm-hmm. uh, has gone up. Uh, I'd suspect people like Apple are charging them as much as they can uh, to bring those people uh, to <laughs> to Google sites. Good for Apple, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think you know those sort of things um, they play in people's mind, and you know mm-hmm. people think you know okay, the cost mm-hmm. is going up, and you know the profits are not going to grow as fast as you know one would think. But it's this is this operating in a huge market; it's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's a market leader. Um, I don't own the the shares for, for different reasons, although, you know, it's looking tempting now uh, to, to me. Um, um, yeah, I, I just don't know what, you know, what's not to like. Again, you know, the thing to remember is that these shares have gone up a lot over the last couple of years. So, you know, a little bit of a you know, few percentage going down really doesn't seem... Uh, like a big deal. At least that's my take on uh, right uh, on uh, Alphabet. The, the, I mean, Alphabet. There's there's a there's a bigger challenge, I think, with you know regulation and governments and and so on. It's so pervasive, and it's also about advertising and it's about tracking people and it's about uses you know people's privacy. I think those sort of things are going to continue to weigh, but I think they are uh, well placed to sort of navigate those things. Mm. Um, that's my take on Alphabet, um, Amazon. I mean, again, Amazon had. Very good. I would say very, very good quarter. Um, the North. So, if you think about uh, uh, Amazon's retail, um, it uh, in the U.S. it was up thirty percent. I mean, what's what's not to like about thirty uh, percent <laughs> growth in retail? Um, its uh, web services division was up forty six percent. I mean, you know, the Amazon Web Services continues to be uh, the market leader. I mean, number two, I think, is Microsoft Azure. Um, Again, those two companies are doing phenomenally mm. well. If there was one blip, and this is, this is not a blip, new blip, this has been around for some time, mm. is, uh, I mean, Amazon has is still struggling internationally. Mm. I mean, um, international revenue growth was about 14% or so. Yep. Uh, and, and that's because there's, you know, there's strong competition in various parts of the world. Mm. Um, and, you know, those incumbents that are in these various parts of the world, you know, they've looked at Amazon and followed that business model and basically, you know, <laughs> uh, while Amazon was busy right, building right. its business in the U.S., these guys build their business in their respective countries or, you know, in geographies. And and it's become, you know, once you become entrenched, it is, it is a hard game to fight but, you know, it doesn't yeah. mean that Amazon is going to fight it. So, again, uh, Amazon was up i think this year like something like 50 percent. if it's down it was and again in the during the trading day it was up like seven percent if it's probably down seven percent in after hours so it's not really you know it's neither here neither there um amazon i own i think it's a great company um yeah i mean Overall, I think it's great. Fantastic.
1: I, I say I own Alphabet shares and Amazon shares, by the way, so horribly conflicted. Uh, I, I agree with that thought. I have to say, I think 14% would be very disappointing for the Amazon business and, and certainly as a shareholder, um, partly because I think, to your point, Amazon would see itself as as wanting to dominate those markets where it has stiff competition. My other thought, I guess, is, is probably just that I would have expected that Amazon plus the competitors as a group should be able to grow up faster than that rate. And so, to some degree, it's not like they're it's not like a, a supermarket retailer when hmm. you know Woolies and Coles and IGA and Aldi and Costco. The market already exists. You can't really grow that market. There's only so much going on in the world of online commerce. As much as it's about a dollar and five in the US, um, it's much much less, almost entirely in the rest of the world. And so that kind yeah. of the, the, the structural change that's happening in the retail landscape, I would have expected that even if Amazon's getting beaten by its competitors that even the second player should be able to grow up faster than that rate as it, as it transfers mm. people from offline retail to online yep. retail. So, I, I, you know, who am I to, to criticize Jeff Bezos? Uh, I, I would imagine there's a little bit of, um, if not soul searching, just a bit of reflection going on at the Amazon HQ to see if they can do something with that business. Just give yeah. it, give it a bit of extra, a bit of extra juice.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's 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 fair. I mean, what I'd say is that one of the things with Amazon is Amazon is basically, you know, Amazon's you, value proposition is price, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, you know, it's not selling you the fancy new gadget. It doesn't have a distinguishing aspect. So therefore, if somebody is well entrenched, like let's say India and Flipkart, mm-hmm. then it becomes hard because they're well entrenched. They've got the distribution. They've got the people. They've got the network effects. it is hard to beat back mm-hmm. that sort of competition. And oh, uh, totally. And yeah. and those co- those people have got other big backers, you know, like Walmart and so on. So uh, I, I think, you know, uh, I don't know. I think Amazon is doing okay and mm-hmm. it's trying its best. And uh, those markets are going to grow over time. You know, they're significantly smaller online, uh, right, you know, right. relative to the others. So even if it, you know, if it accelerates from 14 to like, you know, 20%, mm-hmm. I'll take that. As a shareholder, <laughs> I would not have any problems with that. No, I I'll agree. take it. Of course, if it is more, I'll be happier. <laughs> but I will not complain at 20%. You know, I'm That'd not as enough, greedy it. I'm not as greedy as you are being here. I uh, just reckon you, just, you just want them to win everything. I do. But that's and what, that's I, I, and I actually don't want them to win everything because if Ooh. they win everything, that's actually not good for the world overall because, you know, then they're going to jack up prices at some point. So I, 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 I've seen
1: the movie WALL-E. By and large, is 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 the is the model for Amazon. It will be something to everybody for everything. No,
2: I, I just don't think that they should win everything Everything and actually, <laughs> and, and, and you know, you know, you're gonna know, have the bet, right? I think you know, the you know, that the bet is that Apple is gonna win over them, and so far it's beating them, so you know, that's that's Not the bet. Not so, yeah, we'll continue with that. We'll continue with the greatest company being Apple, and Amazon can have number two position. <laughs> was it five years we said?
1: Was that the was yeah, that
2: I mean, right now they're handedly losing. Let's,
1: let's I'm pretty sure you yeah. gave me uh, yeah, you gave me a, a two to one deal on, on Amazon being bigger than Apple in five years. Is that right? Do I remember that? I just
2: one? don't remember exactly what oh, the deal go, is. I don't remember we'll the deal. Find the we'll, we'll find the tape. All right, we'll
0: check that out. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: Mate, let's move on. Uh, I want to dip into the full mailbag a little bit. I think uh, it's, been a, it's been a tough week for many investors. And I want to give a shout out to Francesco Allegri. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Francesco. I'm almost certainly not, <laughs> but not for lack of effort. My apologies, <laughs> mate, if I'm getting that wrong. Um, he tweeted us during the week and he said, not so long ago, a day like today on the market would have terrified me. Now I'm a fool. Today was bargain hunting day. Thanks, fools. That's that's to some degree a bit of soft congratulation. I'm not doing that just to just to blow our own trumpet. I, I, what I love about that is that we've helped some people and hopefully more than just Francesco on our on our podcast and our free site and our premium paid services to really think about what the market does, how it works, and how to think about that sort of stuff. And I guess, as I said, it, it's a bit of trumpet blowing. Probably uh, I wanted to to um, to mention Francesco because it was a really cool uh, thing that he tweeted, but also I think to. As an exhortation to the rest of our listeners and, and our readers and members, just to remember that, you know, this this is very easy to be swayed by the market. One of the reasons I hate the concept of the correction is it leads people to believe that just what happened in the past, even on a subconscious level, is what's going to happen on, in future. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about, you know, okay, there's a correction on the markets down, therefore, and most people extrapolate and say, therefore, I shouldn't invest because the market's falling. And and Francesco's got it exactly right. When the market is falling, as long as you believe in the market, as long as you believe in the companies you're buying, as long as you think the future is brighter than the past – if you liked a company two days ago, you should like it a whole lot more if it's mm. five or ten percent cheaper today, right? So there's there's nothing in the price action that should tell you anything. Mm. Maybe by the way, some of these companies are you know do deserve to have their prices fall. And so I'm not saying just because the price has fallen every company in the ASX, you should go and buy everything. That mm. would be silly. But as a, as a as an idea, if you start to think about, hey, you know what, some of these stocks have been put on sale. Some of these companies are now cheaper than they were a week ago or a month ago. Man, the market's down ten percent. If you thought it was worth buying stocks a month ago you get an extra value for your money today. You don't get that very often in investing. So mm-hmm. I love Francesco's point. And, Phil, as you're listening, I hope you'll also um, maybe just, just buy in a little bit to Francesco's point, to our point. Think about the long term. If Amazon, if if Apple, mm. as much as I hate to say it, if Woolworths or West Farmers or CSL or BHP or News Corp or you know, any of these companies, if they've got brighter futures than today and if their prices are attractive relative to today – then this is the time you want to be excited about buying shares, not running scared from the room because the markets are screaming One hundred sixty billion wiped off the wiped market. Off, as you said wiped off. Wiped off. It's all gone. All right. Modly full money. Mate, I'm going to – I hate myself for doing this. We got a question during the week about, well, a company that you, you've expressed some – what do we say? Um, love? Lust. Passion.
2: Passion. Passion. Um, let's go with passion. Uh, lust. Well, let's keep the lust. I'm away. not
1: even sure if passion is is, uh, is strong enough a, a sense, mate. I've got to say, this is this is the company that I think uh, you would crawl over hot coals to buy shares of, and that is Tesla. Mm-hmm. And we've got a question from Peter Doulamov, and again, I'm probably mispronouncing your name, Peter, so uh, at least you're in good company with Francesco, but between the two of you, hopefully I've got something roughly <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure I pronounced Peter right, so I'm one for four at least on names. Mm. Um, Peter says, hey, Doc and Scott, a question for the next podcast. Why is there so much talk re Tesla Q? Now let me just stop there for a second. The code he's given us. So Tesla, the code is TSLA, mm-hmm. and he's saying, why is there so much talk about TSLAQ? Google it and saw lots of explanation with OTCBB and pink sheets. Man, what are they for and how different? Love the podcast. So, thank you, Peter, for the, your kind words. Again, uh, if you tell us you love the podcast, you're almost certain to be read out on air because, hey, we like a bit of soft exactly. congratulation.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and look, it saves us having to do it, which is always mm-hmm. nice if someone else does it for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter's asking a couple of questions there. So, the second part about the OTC BB and the pink sheets is a little bit different to the other part of the question for what it's worth. But let's take them in actually, actually, they do them in reverse order. I'm going to make you wait on Tesla for a little bit. Mm-hmm. OTC BB you know what that stands for? I have no idea. what It's I... the over-the-counter bulletin boards. Oh, okay. So, in the US, <laughs> there's a whole lot of different ways you can buy shares, a whole lot of different markets you can buy shares on. So, we know there's the New York Stock Exchange, the mm-hmm. NYSE, and there's the NASDAQ. So mm-hmm. we, we're familiar with those. There's also the Amex, the American Exchange. Right, yeah. And there's what they call over-the-counter or pink sheets. Mm-hmm. And this goes way back to the bad old days before the internet where you could actually literally buy and sell shares literally over the counter Mm -hmm. and the stock quotes were were printed on pink paper, hence the pink sheets. Wow. And these were normally companies that were really, really, really cheap. Now, in Australia, we're used to lower average share prices than the US, mm. somewhere between 20 cents and two bucks is kind of average for Australia, maybe a bit more now. Mm. In the US, anything under $5 is traditionally considered a penny stock which mm. is a or a penny dreadful, which is one you wouldn't want to go near. Yep. Um, now, that's the, the price aren't particularly useful other than that tends to be the, the categorization. We, we all know that it's not about the price per share, but it's the size and mm-hmm. the, in market cap that matters. But in any case, those cheap shares that weren't a high enough price per share or liquid enough to trade- were done over the counter and on literally pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. So that that's the background to that. But Tesla Q is a little bit different, Doc. Mm. So T-L-A-Q, it's on Twitter, it's all over Twitter, it's all mm. over the internet. What is the story with Tesla Q? Yeah,
2: so I'll be honest here. You know, before this question actually showed up, I, I've seen this many times on Twitter. <laughs> and I've just, I just had, you know, not bothered actually what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because, you know, the bears, uh, the, the people who short this company right, right. have been using it. So as we, you know, uh, unfortunately had to Google it, which mm-hmm. I, I don't like doing. I, I, I prefer, <laughs> I, Bing actually did not work for this, which so I'm giving Google some credit here. Um uh, what it seems like is that when a company is likely to go bankrupt, the the. the q is mm-hmm. added by the the us sec right uh to the code right uh, so that people <laughs> know that this is going to go uh, the bankrupt so you right. know this is the this, so th- this is what the bears the people who are so tesla is one of the highest Tesla's
1: going bankrupt is what it's saying it's basically what they're right. all tra- oh, the
2: shorts are trying to say that Tesla's going uh, going bankrupt and to be
1: clear tesla Q doesn't actually exist does not exist right at least not yet not yet <laughs> um is it going to
2: Well, as I've said before in this podcast, I think, you know, Tesla is probably the most innovative company of the last decade. Mm-hmm. it's by far in my opinion the I most i think it's innovative.
1: hard to argue that i think it, someone's it, trying to literally revolutionize it's the most innovative energy company. And, and transportation, and transportation. that's pretty and, good.
2: and i think the results now the recent quarter results were what i would call you know a step change mm-hmm. um, you know they delivered 80,000 vehicles uh 6.9 billion or something like that in revenue mm-hmm. and delivered a profit and increased its balance sheet. Mm -hmm. So the balance sheet grew to now $3 billion, and they've basically said that we know we are going to keep growing our balance sheet and we're going to pay down our convertible debt and we don't need to raise capital. And I have just noticed that they have registered 50,000 vehicle Model Threes VINs, Mm -hmm. which is VIN is vehicle identification numbers, uh, just in October alone. That That number, that equals essentially the entire delivery of the last quarter. So I think wow. we are up for some tremendous momentum in terms of vehicle delivery production. They're working through all the stuff. I think you know anybody who drives this car basically says that they're not going to drive anything else ever again. <laughs> um, this, yeah, I think this is a, this is fundamentally going to change a lot of things for various reasons. Um, the way they're doing um, um, uh, self driving is is really different. The amount of data they're collecting and the amount of data they're going to collect as more and more of their cars go on road. Nobody's going to have this data they're developing their own chips they're developing their own neural networks Um, and this is just the car side and uh, you know and and quietly uh, the energy side is just growing and that's uh, in my opinion just as big a market probably bigger market so this is a company with, yeah, it fits what David Gardner would call the six signs of a rule breaker brilliantly, which we should talk about some other day. And I think this is, you know, um, yeah, I hold it. I own a lot of it. <laughs> and I think people should buy it a little bit, at least just to partake in revolution.
1: I'm officially sorry I asked.
2: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's okay. <laughs>
1: Thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so are you saying that there's no possible chance that Tesla goes broke? Is that what you're saying?
2: I think the chances of put Tesla. The down for me. Okay, I'll I'll put a very very low percentage probability that you know if there is a recession or something bad happens right. and you know um, you know the demand su- su- sucks out. The one thing to remember is that most people who are buying are well off people, right? Mm-hmm. Now Tesla is not selling a cheap. V- version car yet except that you were saying some people are transferring
1: from like a honda civic to a Tesla. so th- yeah, th-
2: there so are so some there are people who are upgrading who, yeah. who have you know uh, i guess the the ability to upgrade right. maybe they have another car or, or you know maybe they have two cars and right, they're upgrading right, from yeah. a honda so there's a lot of a lot of people are upgrading from smaller vehicles mm-hmm. what what elon musk said in the conference call is that mm. looking at what people are upgrading from it looks like they could be doing a million sales uh just for the model tree uh, annually, which would put them essentially in the ballpark with the Golf, which is what you drive. I do. Uh, which is, nice which is again, a very nice car. But, you know, once you drive a Model 3, you're not, never going to drive a Golf. <laughs> you know, Golf is basically toast. My, my wife uh, so, does
1: have, have a row on a Tesla, possibly as a next car. I think that might be a little bit of wishful thinking. Yeah. I'm not saying so, that uh, much. I, I mean,
2: I have a, a reservation. I have not, you know, um, um, I've got a reservation. I would buy the Tesla the moment I can. I've there also looked at some used Teslas, um, you know, trying to get... So, you know, I've, our next car is definitely going to be a Tesla.
1: Look, Look out for our first video podcast, where we take a drive with Doc in his new model three some point. Absolutely. Are we talking next year, this age, or 2020?
2: So, actually, there was a date given, and they said APAC is probably going to be Q2. So, that's uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk has now started actually keeping promises. Oh, instead let's, not, let's not say that too uh, early, Mike. Yeah, that's, you know, he has actually kept promises this time, so I'm actually <laughs> impressed. Uh, so, I just assume that Q2 means Q3, which basically means about a year out, All right. uh, or maybe nine months out.
1: Our first video uh, podcast will be in December next year. <laughs> <laughs> with a, a drive in docs Tesla, okay. what do you reckon, do? Do we have a deal? I think
2: so. Well, well you know, we're, we're talking. We might get something else. We'll we might get a used uh, Tesla, something. Oh, S Tess. a test, test X or S. If we can get a used one, uh, I, I
1: love the S. I like the three. I hate the style of the X. I, it's, it's you know, it my, looks like a fridge. I saw one the other. Day, it's a white one. That the kind of flat, sort of square front of the nose the, looks like a fridge coming. You know,
2: my daughter. Yeah. If there's a car that you want her to buy, it'll be the X. She loves the falcon doors. Oh, the
1: falcon doors are cool. And I'll give you that. she
2: loves the fact that a door actually automatically opens for you. It automatically opens <laughs> for you when you stand near it. I mean, who doesn't like to be lazy? I love to be lazy. <sighs> just go there and it opens for you. You get in, it closes for you too. It's just ugly. This, yes, is so much more. Yes, is beautiful. What, X is ugly. Would you care if the bloody door closes for you? <laughs> <laughs> it is just
1: awesome. And if that's all you want, give me a couple hundred and I'll give you a door. I
0: don't know. I think mean, that's just, you know, the car
2: that drives itself, that can close its door, that's the way to go. I, I mean, this is the car of the future. Tesla's are very,
1: very cool. I'm so, looking forward to having one. Uh, it won't be an X, I'll tell you that now. All right, we done? Beautiful. (laughs) Before we go, don't forget you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley for Money podcast and we think you should through your iTunes app or your favourite Android podcast app if you're one of the leading edge people like me with an Android phone. And if you like what we're doing, please do give us a big five-star rating on iTunes or that network. It helps other people find the podcast, gives us some feedback and pushes us up the charts just a little bit, uh, which we always appreciate because it means more people can find us. And it kind of eh, that's not a bad thing, right? We all want to be heard by a few more people and we think we've got a message that we want to get out to, to people for free. That's not a bad deal. And don't forget, you can get a little dose of foolishness straight to your inbox. Emails from yours truly and others by going to www.fool.com.au forward slash triple M. That's it for this week's Motley Fool Money. We'll be back next week with another dose of foolish insight. Full Fool on. Full on. <laughs>